the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's a very normal scene. A young couple is newlywed. They're going to have a honeymoon in Hawaii. The bride lovingly talks to her husband. She looks forward to the time with her husband in this new place when they can be together and have a joyous time. Being with her husband at this time and also knowing her destination with him, she does not mind the lines at the airport, sitting in an uncomfortable airplane seat, enduring a long flight, and having whatever meager airline food she is served. She's with her groom, and they're going to be in Hawaii together. A very normal scene. So it is to be with us Christians. We together are the bride of Christ. He is the groom. We as sinners do not deserve to be his. Out of divine mercy and grace, he has redeemed us and made us his bride, the church, with his blood on the cross. He has wed himself to, to us in the waters of holy baptism. He is now with us and our lives are joyous in his presence now, despite any earthly hardships and our own sinful failings for which we repent and joyously receive his forgiveness. We are with Christ now and we know that we will be with him face to face in this new Jerusalem, enjoying eternal bliss in his presence. This is ours together as his bride and our individual lives as well. Hence, Paul says in Philippians 1, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Life is Christ and death is gain. Paul has it absolutely right. Life is Christ and death is gain. Jesus, his savior and redeemer, is with him in prison, and if he suffers martyrdom, which is a real possibility for Paul, he'll be present with Jesus forever. It's a win-win. Christ now, perfectly with Christ forever. However, the devil, the world, and your sinful flesh are doing everything possible to deceive you so that you have a distorted view of yourself, of Christ, and of life. Having a false view of yourself, of Christ, and life is fatal and means not life, but eternal death and separation from God, and you do not have life now or into eternity. I'm gonna give you, there's many different things that can get in the way of Christ and life in your life, but here are three different views to be, for you to be aware of so that you might have life in the name of Jesus. The first involves what I call insurance policy Jesus. In this view, you can have a false view of God's holiness and therefore your utter lack of holiness and how sinful you are. You can look around you and think that you're not too bad of a person. You're not too bad of a sinner who deserves God's temporal and eternal punishment. So Jesus can easily become for you just an insurance policy, just in case you need enough forgiveness to avoid hell. In your ordinary life, just think about this, you do not eagerly want to read your insurance policy or spend a lot of time with your insurance agent. So in this common view of life, a person does not consider their sins seriously, does not consider God's great love and mercy in the cross of Christ. This person does not really care to be in the presence of Jesus. Jesus is only an insurance policy. Yeah, he's there, but I really don't want him to be around me. Now, a different view of life and of Christ ends up in a distortion I call toothbrush and pajama Jesus. Most of you have a routine before you go to bed. In fact, the older you get, the more serious you're about 
you are about the time needed to get yourself ready for sleep. Among the things that you have to do then are brush your teeth and put on your pajamas. You can be deceived into thinking that Jesus is needed for eternal life and that when you are aging, you can turn to him so that you'll have a good eternity. Again, in this view, there's not the consideration that daily you are a sinner deserving God's eternal wrath and that Christ offers and in Christ alone is there the offer of forgiveness of sins, life and salvation. In this view, Jesus is a means to escape hell and to have a good afterlife, but he's not the author of life and the way, the truth and the life as he himself claims to be. However, there are those who think of their sin and they want forgiveness of sins, but they do not adequately know Christ and what it means to live. This is a distortion of what I call antibiotic Jesus. In your everyday life, you can become ill, even gravely ill, and you need an antibiotic. At the very least, taking an antibiotic can be a nuisance as you have to remember to take it. And sometimes you might have to take it in a very specific way. You know, you can take this one with food or this one can't. You have to wait 30 minutes after eating before you can take it. More than that, an antibiotic can have some really bad side effects, you know, such as nausea or maybe diarrhea or something like that. But you take the antibiotic anyway, knowing that there will be better health down the line. Antibiotic Jesus, a person knows they're sinful and that Jesus died for their sin. But coming to church and following the commandments is a burden. And, and really, yeah, I need Jesus, but I really want to live. As if life is not centered in Christ. They want to enjoy life, but enjoying the presence of Jesus? Not really. He's just an antibiotic. Jesus is not an insurance policy. He's not someone just need it when you die. And he's not an antibiotic so that you feel better and then you can get on with your life. Jesus is Jesus. To have Jesus is to have life. Jesus is the author of life. He is life itself. And he's come that you might have life and life in his name and life abundantly. You are the sinner who always stands before Almighty God who is absolutely holy. While a person might be breathing and may enjoy temporary earthly pleasures without Jesus, there is no life without Jesus. To be cut off from the author of life and the giver of life is not living, neither here nor in eternity. To have life is to have his forgiveness and salvation to be his gracious and loving presence. Jesus has taken your full load of sins by his obedience on the cross. He's carried your sins to the cross because he loves you with an everlasting love and divine mercy. He has died for you. He rose for you. He sent his apostles to preach the gospel. To have life is to be reconciled to God through Christ Jesus. To the sinner who knows who Jesus is and what he gives, there is such joy and comfort in being in his house with brothers and sisters to praise his holy name. What a blessing it is for all of us to be together in this sanctuary, to stare at the cross behind me, to hear the words of the gospel, to hear the gospel sung to you, to pray to your holy father in the name of Jesus. There is peace in Jesus in the midst of pain and earthly loneliness because he promises to be with you always. There's such contentment to know that you have Jesus now and that one day you will see him face to face in the inexpressible joy of the new Jerusalem. 
this day your Lord Jesus is with you. He has promised that where two or three are gathered in his name, there is he also. You are gathered with him in joy, knowing that you will be gathered around him with all the saints in the New Jerusalem, singing his praises along with the angels of heaven. He now promises to give you an anticipation of his promised feast, of the marriage feast of the Lamb. He gives the anticipation of that in this feast this morning, his own body and blood given for your life and your salvation. Life is Christ now. Life is Christ forever. To go back to the original analogy, the bride going through the TSA line, sitting in a cramped airplane seat, and during long flight, wants to be in the company of her husband. She enjoys his presence now and is eagerly awaiting their honeymoon. The Christian rejoices that their condemnation has been changed into reconciliation, that her, her Lord has made her part of the body of Christ, that he gives his gifts in the divine service, that his word is sure and will sustain her through the week, and he promises to be with her always. Though this life is so often a valley of tears, she knows that she will see her Savior and the Lord face to face forever. She knows that her aging body will, will be replaced by a glorious body, that her joy will be complete with the saints of God forever. The highlight of her week is to be in the Lord's house with the Lord's people receiving the Lord himself in word and sacrament and singing the Lord's praises. The highlight of her day is time spent in the word and prayer. Furthermore, she knows that though the eternal joy of the new creation awaits her, she remains here to serve her Lord and her fellow man. The Apostle Paul was certain that it would be better for himself to lose his life and to be present with Jesus immediately. But he also knew that it would be better for the Christians at Philippi if he would continue to serve them. We as Christians live for Christ and for our neighbor. If we're not going to have the joy of leaving the sorrowful world and being with Jesus face to face today, then we are blessed to have his abiding presence with us now and our neighbor to serve. However, there are times when our health is failing and our bodies are growing weak and the Lord has not yet allowed us to die. We're still then to be in his presence and allow our neighbor to serve us. Tomorrow we have the funeral of Marge's staff out in her last day. She often wondered, why isn't the Lord taking me? And this is kind of our, something she repeated to me several times over the last few years. Well, Lord didn't take her until recently because the Lord wanted us to serve her. We know that at the time of our death, the Lord will be with us. We don't know what that time will be, but we know who Jesus is. For me to live is Christ, and we know to die is gain. We know who is the way, the truth, and the life. It's Christ. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. So rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. The Lord is at hand, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We rise for prayer.